And I ain't hit no drop in a minute. No, I'm about yeah. my business. Rappers Guy Podcast, episode 37. 37. This is your host, Diggy Matro. Bales Pagliacci. And today we have a special episode. We're on the phone with uh, Corey the Savior on Instagram, well, on uh, TikTok, on literally everything. Uh, Corey is a uh, marketing manager that runs his own agency. Yes, yes, yes. And he's down in Atlanta. And we were just, before we started recording, we were talking about how Atlanta's kind of the hub. Uh, right now for hip hop. And so you're going to uh, get some words from someone that's really in the middle of it. This guy is really there. You know what I mean? He's on the ground level of it. Yep. And uh, yeah, man, it's beautiful to have you on. Corey, what's up, man? What's up, man? How you doing? Appreciate y'all for having me. Uh, so I was, I saw you comment on one of our TikTok videos and I went straight to your page and I checked out your videos and I didn't realize how in tune you were and how much uh, you were also putting out. Now, with me and Bales, our reasoning is that th- I feel like there's not enough people that are just giving out free game. I feel like everyone in this industry wants to charge people. And I'm I'm cool with that. I understand that. But at the same time, I feel like we all come from the struggles. So it's like, why why is it such a necessary thing to charge these kids so much? You feel me? Yeah. Yeah, I got you. What exactly makes you want to go out there and just uh, kind of drop gems? Being that you also run a marketing agency and you're, you're kind of, like, that's part of your job. So what makes you want to go online and, like, give out uh, free information? Yeah, man. I mean, honestly, it didn't always start like that. So I would say that mentality kind of came um, once I started making YouTube videos and my business partner convinced me to start making YouTube videos. And I would say, like, I mean, early on, the biggest advantage of it was being able to just like get my ideas out there, you know, and just like I would have these these things that I thought would work in marketing that like I wasn't a hundred percent sure on and I would talk about it and then somebody would do it and then like, bro, I did that shit you said and it worked. And so it was honestly in the beginning like more of an ego thing. Like, oh shit, okay, cool. Like I have these ideas and clearly it works. Let me just keep telling people and somebody's gonna do it. The the uh, the cloud is gonna come back and I'll get my I told you so point. Um now I do it for a little bit of the same reasons. You know, I I would say to anybody out there who like wants to get into like, you know, any type of like I don't know, music industry sales space or you're selling some type of service to do it because like it prepares you for like the random shit you're going to get asked uh, from like clients and, and potential clients, right? Like, which is the great thing about like TikTok and, and Instagram and stuff is like you meet so many of these kids who are just getting started. Like, sometimes they'll ask some shit. I'm like, man, I, I really never thought about it before. Let me take like a day or two to think about it. And then I come up with an answer. And then next thing you know, I hear the exact same question on like a meeting with somebody or in like a consultation or something. So um, but now I do it too, man, just because like I'm in the spaces of selling information, you know, like I have courses, we have the agency services and stuff. And like, there's certain information that I think that like people need to know for them to even like get themselves to the level to where like, I even want to work with them, you know, like just be real. Um, cause I, I mean, I've, I've been very honest about it on my platform where I feel like I don't, I don't have any intentions on like helping every single artist personally. You know, so I don't want to put my hands on everything artist and help them, but if I can mm-hmm. give you a piece of advice that changes the way you think about something and then you take that, that mentality and you run with it for the next year and a half and then you build yourself up into the ideal client and like, like yo, I'm, I'm cool with that, you know, I'm perfectly fine with that. And then a lot of it too is like playing the long game. You know, like I, um, when I first got started, I was a really big fan of like Gary Vee and like a lot of the stuff that he used to talk about was like, yo, that he was just kind of like playing these seeds and content. He like, bro, like, if you really think you're going to be in business forever, then you have to trust and believe that like your future client five years from now might be watching one of your videos, right? So I look at it like that. I mean, there could be a 15-year-old 
that watches a video of me talking about Facebook ads. And then that becomes the thing that like motivates them to stay inspired or, or her to stay inspired. And they, they go build this career. And then, you know, they, they, they five years go by and they're 20, 21, they, they have a little bit of success or, or, you know, they got some bread or something like the first person they're going to think about that they want to work with is, is me. You know what I'm saying? They're going to be like, Oh, I want to go. And I've had people tell me that, bro. Like as soon as I got a bag or I got this situation, I had to come work with you because like I had to come put in time with this person who I felt like provided me so much value and so much gain. So, I mean, part of it is honestly like a long-term business play. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the information I give is information that like, um, that, oh, my bad, y'all. Somebody was trying to get my attention, but, um, the, the information, oh, give me a second, y'all. Somebody was trying to wake me down. I got you. <laughs> now, but it's also interesting that he did say, um, I kind of ran across, uh, Corey when I was initially on YouTube learning how to do music marketing and Facebook ads. And I did come across the Brand Man Network. Um, and they was giving out free game. And it was also interesting to see because it was like, you know, most of the time when I seen somebody that was doing something for Facebook advertisements, you know, they didn't look exactly like me. So seeing that, yeah. you know, looking at them and I was like, okay, they look like me. So I could probably, get, you know, gain a little bit more from them just because, you know, once again, they look like me. What are you trying to say, bro? Hey, man, all I'm trying to say <laughs> is sometimes it's always good to get some information from somebody that looks like you. No, nah, I'm just playing. No, I, but, the one thing that I do understand is that even though I'm Hispanic, the, the one thing that I get is that, I'm in a space that I'm also a guest. Hispanics have been around from the jump with yeah. hip hop, but I still walk into a room and I know that I'm a guest in that room. Of course. Yeah, and, yeah. and I'm yeah. not one of those people that uh, feels like I'm entitled to the same thing. Like, like if you're building this house and I come in, that doesn't mean that I'm automatically entitled to the house you're building. Exactly. Right? So I get yeah. what you're saying. And I think that uh, the problem is I feel like not enough people feel like they're capable. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, like. Yeah. Like, it takes a lot of, it's really an easy feat to, like, take a bunch of equipment, set your room up, and start just, like, your own show. Mm -hmm. It's not a difficult task, but for some reason, I feel like people think too much about it before they actually go into doing it. So then you yeah. have uh, a bunch of dudes who just, like, had the money, and they go out and, and do it. And most of the time, it's, like, producers like or engineers. Yeah. Like, it's not a lot of, like, artists who are, are going out and, and actually, like, starting the shows up and, and doing that. And I feel like that's what uh, our show brings is the perspective of artists. Mm -hmm. I feel like, Corey, let me ask you this. And and by the way, you mentioned a bunch of a bunch of the, the questions I have for you. You literally were, were just outlining <laughs> exactly. word for word. <laughs> I'm talking about like the words that I'm actually using you you were saying. So I'm gonna I'm gonna run off a bunch of questions right after this. But let me ask okay. you, were you an artist at any point? Uh I mean, so like a long time ago, bro. Like, I feel like I feel like I feel like everybody in the music industry had a start in like trying to do something in music mm -hmm. at least executive wise right? like they tried to do music and then like it didn't work and then that pushed them into something else so like a long ass time ago bro like high school I, I tried to be a rapper and then like um like late high school to like early college years i was actually like producing like i was like making like beats and stuff and um the thing that kind of like pushed me out of that was i remember like my sophomore of college i had like this raggedy ass like dell laptop that i had since i was like 17 like one day i was just like I don't know, me and my roommate came out from, like, a party, and I was, like, fucked up. And I jumped on my bed, and, like, the laptop slipped off the bed and, like, hit the wall and, like, some movie shit and, like, broke. And, and like, at the time, I didn't have money to get a new laptop, and thus ended, you know what I'm saying, my producer's dreams, you know? So, that's crazy. Um, so, I, like, so, kind of, man, you know, like, I, I, but I, 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 that's what got me into it was, like, I, I wanted to do music really early on. Um, I mean, like, I was telling you before the call, like, I, I grew up in a very small city, like, a really, 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 like, country-ass town. And so, like, there weren't a lot of people for me to kind of, like, look to as, like, you know, 
idols and shit and music. But I had a couple people around me. Like we had a, um, I mean, like one of our like clubs in that city was like this one hole in the wall club. Like like every rapper who would come through Atlanta would come through. Like I, I mean, like everybody. I saw like Young Thug when he first was popping off. I saw, oh, that's like, crazy. Shit, people y'all might remember, but like Rich Homie Coin. Like oh, I remember like, Rich Homie. Like, yeah, but like all these artists that like were popping when I was in like high school and shit, like would come through. And so like I knew the DJ there because um his son was like was cousins with one of my cousins. You know what I'm saying? So like I would just I me and the son were like really cool. And then I would be like, bro, like can you just like introduce me to your dad? And so like, your dad is like one of the most popping DJs and like the, in like a, a forty mile radius, which is, a, is nowhere where I'm at, but it's big to to high school me. You know, so he's like the closest person to it. So like um. And we wanted him over just off at the time, like I had I had a rap dream and we were trying to convince the DJ to like let us perform. Like I, I can't remember who the fuck was coming. I think it was like Travis Porter or some shit. And we was like, bro, let's Damn. open up Travis Porter, bro. We like fifteen, we like fifteen, sixteen, like bro, like let us do it. And he let us do it on some like, yo, you fuck with my son, shit. I'm gonna, I probably against his better judgment. And like that was my first time ever performing, and like that was the day I knew I didn't want to be a rapper. Cause like literally being on stage in front of all those people, I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, isn't that isn't that out. the worst feeling in the world, bro? <laughs> me me as a, a rapper, bro, I've never gotten comfortable with the stage. I've been on stages a million times, and I just it it still feels like the first time to me. And it's, it's like scary, bro. It's scary. And, and it, bro, it's like my body. It, it's not even me necessarily. That's like so bothered by it it's more like my body telling me like this is not what you're supposed to be doing right now we're not supposed to be here right now <laughs> exactly bro exactly and I, so I, I look at like it too like bro like performing would tell you if you're really built for this because right. like if you <laughs> you hop on that stage and like you just don't have it in you bro it's like you know not to tell you can't do it because there are a lot of artists out there who are successful who, who don't like to tour and perform but it's like you know shows for most fans are like the pinnacle of, of art support you know it's like i ideally like your music enough that one day I go drop sixty to two hundred dollars on your tickets. They're like, if I don't, if I don't fuck with you there, I almost feel like why am I investing the time in, in you as a fan, right? So like, that's true. I, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking of it like that back then. Back then it was just purely like, yo, like I'm scared of shit. Because there was a lot of people there, but like, like I said, we was, this was like Travis Ford was coming up, but like they weren't like no small guys. It was maybe like three, three hundred, four hundred people in that club. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that shit was like, man, like if I keep doing what I say I want to do eventually I'm going to have to keep doing this over and over and over and over. And I don't want to do this. <laughs> you know I don't want to so like, at that point I was like, why even continue doing it? If I know that the end goal is going to be something that either I'm, I'm not going to want to do and it's going to scare me off from doing it the right way. Or I'm going to, you know, I guess best worst case scenario, build myself up into that position where I have to do it. And I'm going to be miserable because I, I have to, you know, like me looking back on it could just be me being like angsty as a teenager. And maybe I would like, you know, talk myself out and be more comfortable with it. But at the moment I was like, nah, fuck that. I don't want to do this shit ever again. My, the dude that I rap with at the time, like he loved that shit. And it's like, he was all for it. Like he was very much so like, yo, that shit was fine. I remember the conversation after the show was, he was going like, yo, that shit was hard. And I was like, man, I don't know, man. Like I'm still kind of nervous. My, my hand is still shaking and shit. You know what I'm saying? I had, Terrible stage presence. I didn't know how to hold a mic, bro. So, like, that that to me let me know, like, okay, this wasn't for me. And then, like I said, I fell back into producing for a while because, like, producing was, like, to me, it was the opposite. You could be in your room working on some shit. You ain't mm-hmm. got to talk to nobody. You ain't got to deal with nobody. Once you pass that shit off to the artist that you're selling it to or whatever, then it's like, that shit is, whatever happens from now is, like, completely in their power, right? That control. I ain't got nothing to do with that. So, that was what attracted me to it the most. Um, and then, like, as I started just doing, like, other, like, random shit in the music industry, I started to like fall more in love with the behind the scenes stuff. Um, one because yep. I learned very, I learned very early on that like it's the people behind the scenes that usually, like on average, make more money, right? Like you have your artists, like your one of artists, like maybe 
make more money than like some label people will ever make in their life. But on average, the average music industry executive worker behind the scenes person makes more money than the average music artist, right? So yeah, but like, that's something. My, well, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just wanted to chime in on that. That's something that you know we try to talk about in this um, podcast sometimes. Because a lot of people look at being an artist as like instantly I'm going to get money, money, money. Without realizing no. that usually the people that's behind the scenes is the one that's really making the money because they're getting the cuts of what everything else well, the artist is doing. I also tell you the and, difference. Like uh, an artist, an artist can become rich, but like the executives are quite often wealthy. Yeah, mm-hmm. And there's a big yeah. difference between being rich and wealthy. Rich is you have money for a short time period. Mm-hmm. You might have gotten money. It's like being a running back in the NFL. Like there's a five year window the where you have hit. you have time to pull in that bread. But these executives, they've been around since the 70s, For 80s, 90s, yeah. and now into 2020s, and they're yeah. still making money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, people don't want to be – see, this is my thing. Like, yo, you sound exactly like me, and I've had this conversation with artists where I say, like, being on stage teaches me that that's not really what I want to do for a career. And it's just – it's weird to hear someone else say it because every time I say it around artists, they're like, nah, you just got to shake that off. Nah, this and that. And and to me, it's like, no, 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 I don't think you're understanding my body is telling me, bro, this is not for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think yeah. that sometimes you just have to listen to your mm-hmm. body. Like, I think that the the reason that we don't go into the fucking woods and get mauled by wolves is because we, we listen to our body's instincts. Mm-hmm. And our body doesn't yeah. just apply to, like, dangerous scenarios. It also applies to a scenario of, of discomfort where it's like, bro, this is not for you. Like, this... And, and the reason why I know that it's just not for me in particular, is that I've been on stages with people who are wild comfortable. Mm-hmm. You see them on yeah. stage and they're walking around dancing and doing all this shit. And I'm like, that motherfucker's made for this. Yeah. Clear yeah. contrast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, that's a real conversation too. Man. Like, I've, That's a part of the reason I was like, why I like giving the game out on like social media and shit is because like I really do genuinely think that majority of people who say they want to be music artists don't really want to be music artists. They, we just said that last it, week. Yeah. 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 Like they they think it because like I mean the the average artist isn't like really telling you like all the like back end shit. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I always talk about this was like my biggest pet peeve for like a long ass time would be like interviews with bigger artists where they'd be like, bro, like you know you're so successful and you're doing XYZ and like like what did it take for you to get there? And they're like, man, like bro, you know like Shit, I was just like doing me in there. And it's like, bro, that's such bullshit because it's like, bro, like tell them about like, tell them about like the, 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 all the money you had to spend before this shit worked, right? Tell them about like all the back end logistical shit you had to figure out to get the music hurt. Like, all the asses about, you had to kiss, all the, all, all the, the fuck all, shit that you had to do. You know what I mean? All the, all the depressing nights you had to will yourself through, right? Like, that's the stuff that like doesn't get talked about enough and stuff that is like, it, like every job has like pains that come with it, right? And it's like, there are ones that like, I feel like you have to go through as an artist, like your first pain is like, the pain of like figuring out people like your music, you know what I'm saying? Like that's to me the first hurdle for every artist out there. Cause every artist, at least early artists, like especially young ones, like, man, I don't know if people are like it. It's like, bro, like, cause you haven't told anybody to exist. Like, shut up. You know what I'm saying? You'll mm-hmm. be all right, bro. Like, put it out. If, if it really sucks, people will let you know. But if you haven't done the work to see if it really sucks yet, then like, I don't, I don't want to hear none of that shit. The second hurdle, in my opinion, is is the show thing. Like, so that to me is really big. And I think a lot of artists, you can figure that shit out early on. Cause like, if you're in a, a major to like mid market city, like you can get on like shows, an uh, underground show somewhere pretty easy. Worst case scenario, you could throw your own show, get like 50 people you know to show up, and then that shit will tell you, right? And then the the third hurdle, in my opinion, is like the money part. Like once you start to understand like where money comes from in the industry and how to make it, and and you see it, right? Because every everybody's playing the exact same game from Drake to the, the motherfucker that's deciding he wants to start music today, at least from like streaming and how money's made. And it's like, and some people they see the returns on stuff and they're like, man, this shit is crazy. 
is this what it's going to be like? It's like, yes, like this is exactly what it's going to be like. For I try to tell the people all the time, like the streaming <laughs> numbers don't matter. That The money not really there. It's not, that's not where yeah, it's at. It's everything else. And and like, the, I mean, it's like, and the reality of it is like being a music artist today is like being an entrepreneur, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because like, so many artists look at like the old industry and like, that's what they fetishize. Like, bro, I want to just be like the artist. And like, I mean, one, the industry doesn't work that way anymore. Even for like, like, in order to get, like, that type of treatment, you have to be, like, a, a, a priority. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, they're just going to let you just, like, sit the fuck back and only make music and do appearances and shit. Like, no, nah, bro, flagship like, acts. You have to be a flagship yeah. act. Yeah, yeah. Like, other than that, man, like, every other artist I know that's signed to a label or some type of situation, there's some part of their business operation that has to run themselves, whether they are the own, their own marketing team, they're their own branding team, they're their own publicity agency, they're their own content creation thing. Every single artist I know has to run their part. And, like, and then that, so that that is now the new step of being a music artist. Like, you have to be a business person. Like, a lot of times I've seen, like, that be the thing that discourages artists. Like, they go, like, man, I don't want to be mm-hmm. a business person. I want to only make music. And it's like, okay, that's cool. You have to work yourself into that position. But, like, that isn't going to be a real thing for you early on unless you just already know people that can help you. Like, I have artists who, like, like, I have artist friends. You know what I'm saying? So, like, those artist friends have an advantage. Like, they need marketing advice. They can call me, right? They have a different playing card that most other music artists may have. If you're an artist who doesn't have the same type of card, then yeah, you gotta like go take out six months to a year to learn how to market your own shit and then build yourself in a position where maybe your numbers are enough to like you either have the money to hire somebody like me or you naturally attract somebody around you that now wants to do that for you, whether they be like a fan or like a friend or something like that, right? And it's like that part and that sticking it out until that shit starts to happen is typically the part that I see knock most people out the pedestal and take people out the race. And it's like I've seen, I've worked with a lot of artists over these last, uh, years I've been doing music and I've met people every year of my life I'm like bro if you suck it out I think you'll be successful and then most of them don't suck it out <laughs> you know, 100% that's what it is yep <laughs> bro I think yeah. I think that the artists that like cause we have the same situation up in Jersey where mm-hmm. I've run a studio and I feel like a lot of the artists that come through I'm constantly giving them pointers I'm constantly giving them game and I don't think that they understand the value behind that game like there's people making a, a entire living out of just that game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and so when we have artist friends, it's difficult for them to comprehend that like what I just gave you is worth thousands, if not mm-hmm. more. You know what I mean? Yeah. If not more. And I feel like because they're our friends, they don't see that the value in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's difficult being in that place because at some point it, it feels like, especially when they don't use it, it feels like, bro, like, you're just wasting money. Like, you're wasting time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And time yeah. is a valuable currency. And I don't think yeah. a lot of people get that. Man, some of it, too, is perception. Man. Like, that's been the biggest thing I've learned being the marketers are like, because I have, like, you know, clients and their managers and stuff like, bro, like, can you tell the artists that need to be posting on Instagram, like, three times a week? And I'll be like, yo, artists, like, post on Instagram three times a week. And they'll jump on it because it's like me, right? They're like, okay, this marketer must know what he's talking about. My right. manager doesn't, doesn't know shit, right? So, a large part of it is that, man. And sometimes it's just like, it's just like they haven't seen enough to understand like what you're saying. Cause I've had people in my life before where I've given them advice and told them to do certain things. They're like, oh man, you don't know what you're talking about. Especially like when I first started doing marketing. Like I have people now who like listen to me that wouldn't listen to me years ago. It's actually funny. I have a client right now that I remember trying to get as a client years ago. Like his manager probably doesn't remember, but I remember his manager just like shit on me. And like now he's a client. It's like, bro, like I'm the same person I was then. That's what you it's like. Believe, you just believe me now. You didn't mm-hmm. believe me back then. You know what I'm saying? But, so, but it's like, you know, um, I think like that part ends up ends, ends up being like a, 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 a huge thing for artists. It's just like, you have to see enough to what, for the information to hit. Well, like, I, like, I mean, a great example, I had a meeting with one of my clients the other day. And like, this is 
like, I mean, honestly, I don't like to pick favorites, but this is like one of my favorite clients. Like, for just a, a number of reasons, like his music is great, great team. You know what I'm saying? He's a cool guy. Like, we met each other in real life. Like, we we great. And like, we were talking the other day, and he was saying like he has an, another artist homie that is like a priority of the label now. And he was like, yeah, man. Like, he was telling me they're dropping like 78k a month on digital. I'm like, yeah, but that's what I've been telling you forever. Is that like, yo, like the budgets that we're doing are like great. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're great. Like a little amount of money. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, but the level that you keep saying that you want to do things at, that is what I've been trying to tell you for the whole year. And it took him having that conversation with somebody he knew in that situation to then come out of me and go like, okay, now I get what you've been saying for the last couple months. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, but I wasn't saying that to discourage you. I'm telling you that so if you have realistic expectations of what you're giving us. You know, that's you that's exactly what we try to push yeah. is that we're not yeah. saying any of this for discouragement. It's all for encouragement, but how you perceive it is definitely on you. Now, let me ask you a question because you, you mentioned uh, a big budget, right? What, 70, 80K. Uh, uh, all right, so re- realistically, for an independent artist at home, what would you say a realistic budget is to actually get their name out there? Not just scratch the surface. I'm talking about actually getting their name out there to where they can uh, have a successful career? I mean, so, like, I'll say this. like That's hard to say because I've seen different things happen at different budget levels. So, like, for example, one of my best case scenario clients, I got her a fan base for... I think my price was much lower than. So I think she spent maybe a thousand dollars with us, and I mean we we spent maybe six hundred of it, and like within that six hundred dollars, she had a fan base. Like it was a very noticeable difference in like what was going on before, what was what wasn't happening. So I'll say this is I think if and she was in a unique situation where like she called us early on, we weren't we weren't nearly as expensive as we are now. Um, you know what I'm saying? We were like very much so trying to like prove ourselves. So like we was, I mean we go to every campaign now like 110, percent but like I was at that shit like 250 percent because I was like, bro, like. I think mm-hmm. she was maybe my first, like, $1,000 client. I was like, no, I got to, like, show her, like, yo, this shit going to be fine. You know what I'm saying? But right. so I'll say this. I, I think that, like, I think that if you know what you're doing and you're running your own marketing, you could get a fan base for, like, I think minimum, like, 300 to $700 a month. Like, I think if you're, if you're spending $500 a month on, on Instagram ads, you know what you're doing. Like, that shit will go a long way. Now, gotcha. realistically, I think every artist should build themselves to the point where they have at least 1000 or $2,000 a month in a marketing budget. And this is once again, assuming like you're the one doing it. If you're not doing it, then you got three X because Then you got to pay people to do it. And then plus whatever they're spending to do it. You know what I'm right. So like our big, biggest job, like, yo, if you pay me three K, some of that's going into my pockets. I ain't allowing you. I'm saying like, it, it, it's it, a it, career. Yeah. Yeah. You got to make your shit off the back yeah. end. I'm glad you said exactly, that man. though. Cause like 500 yeah. a month is kind of like what, for me, when I run my um, advertisements, I'm sitting around like 500 to like $600 a month that I try to put in. But you know, I'll get to that two, yeah. three thousand a month eventually. Because when you said he was doing what sixty, like seventy k a month, the uh, one of your artist friends, I'm like, God damn! But that's no, no, you... no, no, that, no, that wasn't me. That was an artist client, his artist friend, his label is friend. Oh, that's oh, a label. That's a label. Right. I yeah. say, oh, damn, yeah, 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 that's label money. Man, right. yeah, nobody got eighty <laughs> k a month by themselves. <laughs> man, and it gets crazy on that man. Like, I, I have a, one of my good friends is like one of my best friends is like a, a, a manager, and like he manages. Another really good friend of mine that the artist is like really going up in the industry, you know what I'm saying? Like, so because of him, I've been able to be a part of some interesting conversations. Like, you know what I'm mm-hmm. like, 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 and so I remember when I went with him to LA, um, we were having, he was having a meeting with this one like A&R rep who was like trying to get him to, to sign his artist. And I remember the, the artist was like, the, the, not the artist, the A&R rep was trying to like win him over off of like marketing budget. And she was like, yo, so like, What's your digital spend gonna be like? And he's like, man, you know, like we're gonna figure it out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got some offers on the table. Like, we getting we you know he's the artist is making money now, like we're gonna figure it out. And she's like, okay, I mean, so well, I'm gonna say, like, let's say best case scenario, 
what y'all gonna spend with 10k a month on digital? And he's like, yeah, you know, like yeah, that's a, that's a game plan. And she's like, bro, like we have artists right now that we're spending six figures a month. Like I won't <sighs> say the artists, but like she broke artists like y'all. Cause I remember like I peeked up and I was like, she's like, yo, we spend, you know, how much money this artist is spending on digital? And I was like, how much? And she's like, oh, you know, a lot. I'm like, nah, I, I assume I would. Cause if I could say the artists, like I, I could say the artists, like y'all be like, oh yeah, duh. You know what I'm saying? But I'm like, yo, like duh, she's spending a lot, but like how much? And she's like, a lot. I'm like, no, but like what's a lot? And she's like, well. I can't give you the exact number, but like multiple six figures a month just on digital. Like, so that's just ads. That's maybe influencers. That's not including TV appearances, radio, press, none of that shit. That's literally just ads, six figures a month. So like, that's why I, I try to tell ours, but like, and it goes back to expectation management. Like you can go a long way with a little, if you know what you're doing with it, you just mm-hmm. have to like learn how to manage your expectations. Cause like, I mean, like you said, bro, $500 a month. Man, I look at it. If you get an ad running, Let's just say, let's just say you're running in the U.S. and like you get an ad that you just is doing great, like amazing. Let's just say 50 cent cost per click, right? Like something like that. Like mm-hmm. you get a 50 cent cost per click. That's what a dollar. That's what um, two fans for every dollar spent. So you're getting a thousand fans off of uh, potential fans off of a 500 budget, right? And let's say out of a thousand potential fans that convert, like two, three hundred of them like really become fans of you. Like that shit goes a long way. You know what I'm saying? Like that. Shit no, goes it definitely does. Way. Yeah, I've, I've yeah. noticed it. And I've seen it. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah. And so the thing that I usually, or I won't say usually, because this is like a recent like preaching of mine. Uh, y'all maybe seen some videos about it where like, I think a large part of like the, the number of like how big of a budget to make an impact comes from like just most artists don't understand like marketing in general, right? Like marketing is a thing that like you're supposed to do even when you're not making money. You know what I'm saying? Because ideally the attention from it is what generates the mm-hmm. interest around you that eventually makes you the money back. So that's that one. It's usually marketing is usually like, of any business is like one of the most funk costs, right? Like, yo, even McDonald's is putting out millions of dollars in marketing. They don't necessarily expect to make that because they understand that the next five to 20, if I can convince this seven year old today that McDonald's is, is a happy go lucky place. And in 20 years, he grows up and takes his kids to McDonald's and they think the same shit. And that money I spent all those years ago to acquire that person was worth it. Most artists don't think of it that way because they can't see past. Yeah. They want everything next instant. week. Instantly. Exactly. And, the, and sometimes it's because they're not educated enough to see beyond like what they see. So there's that part of it. And then a lot of that stems from the, like, the average artist or the average person doing marketing looks at marketing as just, like, number requirement. You know what I'm saying? Like, how many views did I get? How many right. streams did I get? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Whereas, like, I've, over the last couple of years, started to train myself, like, bro, like, every impression, every click, every view is a real person. You know what I'm saying? Like, a, a, it's a, it's a it's not just real a motherfucker. A real person saw your Facebook ad and was like, yo, I fuck with this shit. And, like, you would never, if a person in real life walked up to you and was like, yo, bro, I just heard you on this set and your music was five. I fuck with you. You would never go like, oh, this performance wasn't worth it because I only got one fan. Like you would be, you would be hyped. You'd be like, oh shit, somebody at the show actually fuck with me. I'm ideally I keep them here forever and they go into it. And I think like enough doesn't come around marketing because it's all number based, right? So like, I've literally had people in the, in the campaigns. Well, I'm excited, bro. I'm like, bro, this ad is so great. And you had a forty cent cost per click in the U.S. That's just wild, bro. You don't even understand. Which they don't that understand how wild, wild it is wild because they're not running ads. So they're like, man, is that even good? Like, bro, what is that good, bro? Like, come on, man. Let me show you some shit. He's like, bro, you got this forty cent cost per click. You doing a back end conversion rate of seventy eight percent. I mean, we got you. You know what I'm saying? We got you six thousand new fans off of this this four thousand dollar budget you gave us. And then they're like, man, but I feel like I still got more. And it's like, wow. Like, I don't know. I just feel like I should. Like, but but where are you coming from with that? You know what I'm saying? Like, what makes you think you should have got more? Like, give me some reasons, and I can tell you why that may be happening for you in that instance or why you shouldn't be thinking that way. And then I was always saying, like, bro, like, this is 4,000 people that said they like you. If each of these persons spent a dollar on you right now, you would make your money back. You know what I'm saying? But, like, they're not viewing it the same way. They're wondering, yeah. like, why didn't I get, why didn't I get 100,000 views? Why didn't I get 20,000 streams? Why didn't I get whatever? So, like, 
a large part of marketing, I think, success in marketing is like you, you work with whatever you have to work with. Because especially with fan base building, it's a lot more about momentum building. You know, like, and I even tell people this is like, there are going to be things that you do today in your marketing that won't even have an effect on you for like five or six months. You know what right. I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. it's like, and you have to be you have to be okay with that because if you're not okay with that, you're going to feel like you're wasting your money in the, in the short term. If you are okay with that, then you will will it out long enough to start to see the fruits of your labor, right? So like, I had an example where we had a client we're working with now. We've been working, we were working with this guy for like last like year and a half, like two years in. Um, a couple of days ago, we were getting like him some shout outs on like some Instagram pages and like somebody commented underneath the post was like, bro, I've been seeing this dude's ads for like the last like year and a half. It's so nice to see this dude getting recognition from you. Like you being like the page that he got posted on. And I was like, man, it's fine because like, I mean, one that validates that the ad has been seen, right? Like I didn't make him go say that. But then two, it's like, you know, like that's something that like he felt compelled to say that after months and months of consuming this artist brand, like consuming his marketing and consuming the stuff he's been doing. He didn't feel compelled to say that six months ago when we first started running the ads, right? So like, and then I even think about like, you know, like other campaigns I've had where fans will start to generate momentum off of stuff that we did months ago, right? Maybe we tried a TikTok campaign that didn't take off in the short term, but then we check on it five, six months later and like fans are kind of taking it around with it. And like, they're doing things that kept it going. That like mm-hmm. we couldn't have mapped around five or six months ago because the artist wasn't like, engaged enough in like his fan base to make that happen right so like you have to be okay with it. you have to understand like yo these are real people and as long as you understand like yo everything you do is is getting in front of real people and, like, and they, this is how they're responding to it and like you technically will never have a bad marketing campaign you can have underperforming marketing campaigns you know what i'm saying but like you should ideally never have a bad marketing campaign because you should have learned something from that and then ideally if the music or the content is good enough Somebody converted out of that you know i'm saying like it may not have been as much as the previous single you ran because of different reasons but somebody converted out of that right which is now you can take the information from the, per- the person that does like it learn more about them like who are you why do you like it and where do you hang out how can i get more of you and then you can build on top of that and that would make your marketing successful long term it's only unsuccessful if you didn't learn shit from it or you didn't get the result that you want and that's how i look at marketing like if i if i take off every box that i had planned before the campaign started there's nothing that the artist can tell me to say this campaign was unsuccessful i've had meetings like before where they're like bro i don't feel like it went well so, well i disagree with you because of these reasons right here, like look right, at these X, numbers. Y, and Z, and it sounds yeah, like, it, it sounds like it's more like and like how you said like the expectations. And this is probably you probably like found a missing uh, link when it comes to artists not taking marketing seriously, because once again it's that expectation. Like I'm supposed to blow up overnight if I give you the set amount of money. I'm expecting to have all millions of fans like running after me, coming up to me in a supermarket and all that. Not realizing mm-hmm. that it may take like six months to a year, even somewhere sometimes up to two years of successful marketing for it to come back to you and actually for you to see those results. And like you yeah. said before, it's like, you know, we're looking at it just as numbers, but we're not really looking at it as there's people there behind those numbers. And like, there's actual people that's listening and, you know, they may be doing their own things behind the scenes as far as, you know, a TikTok video that may blow up like six months, a year later that, you know, from a song that was a campaign from, you know, all the way back then, but now they're starting to build yeah. momentum yeah, from the initial you know what? thing. You know what, Bills? Like, not to cut you off, but like, the thing is, some artists will never be the artists that people are running up to in a supermarket. Oh, like, yeah, yo, there yeah, are definitely. some artists yeah. that are extremely successful in the game that could still go to a restaurant and no one knows no, who the so fuck they are. They are. Yeah. Yo, it's it's about what you're in it for. Mm-hmm. Like, are you in it for yeah. money? Are you in it for fame? What are you trying to do? If your goal is to have a bunch of people running after you, then your marketing has to be next level. Because for someone who's just happy, you know, making 70K a year, 80K a year off their music and not having to work a job their goals are a lot different. You know what I mean? Yeah, They're definitely. not looking to be all in the yeah. mix. Like if, if I was to go anywhere as an artist, 
I wouldn't want to be that guy. Yeah, me either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I would love to just be able to go out and enjoy myself without being mobbed by people. And I think that that's the weird shit. Like, maybe when you're younger, I feel like a lot of young artists they want that, that fame. Mm-hmm. Once you get a little bit older, I feel like that fame isn't the the goal that you need. Yeah, like, I don't want you nobody looking I mean? my business. Right, right. Like, yeah. I don't want none of that. Yeah, I mean, that's another part of it, too, is like like you said, man, like, what does success look like for for the artist. So I tell artists, bro, like, you know, if you stick it out, everything you want to do is possible. You just have to understand, like, the cost that it takes to do what you want to do, right? So, like, if you were telling me you want to be the superstar household name, you have to understand that it's a very expensive game to play. Because right. that's about be- <laughs> yeah, becoming <very> famous. <laughs> fame, is, fame is random and fame is expensive. You know what I'm saying? Like, just be real. And then, but it's like, if you want to be a successful music artist, which if you just successful by, there are people who like my music and I can make some money off that. It's like, yeah, bro, you can get that without doing all the other shit. You know what I'm saying? Like that. Like you said, like I have clients, I, I had a, a meeting with one of my clients the other day. We were about to start positioning him in, in, in a way that where he could start making money back from the stuff that we've been doing. And I, on the call, I mean, he was like, man, like, no, thank y'all for helping me. Like, I'd be happy if y'all helped me make shit $500 a month. I'm like, right. $500 a month, bro. You, no, you're shooting too low, bro. We shooting for at least 3 k 3 5 k this month. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, but it's like shit, like, he said it, but he's like, but if I was making $500 a month off my music, currently where I'm at right now, I would be happy with that because I've never made that type of money back off my music, right? So to him, $500 a month would be successful. I have other clients, but if we made them $500 a month, bro, they would they would, they they would fire kill you. us. Yeah, they right. would fire us, bro. Exactly, bro. Right. Like, because their, their measure of success is different than because of other things they've been through. So, And it's like I said earlier, man, I genuinely believe that like, if you're an artist starting at ground zero, your first like measures of success to be, do people like my music right? Have you found fans? Even if it's like three, right? Because that, to me, triggers the part of your brand that tells you like, oh, this shit is possible, right? It's like, if this person likes my music, clearly there has to be other people out here who like mm-hmm. it, enough statistically speaking. So that's the first goal for everybody. Bro, do, do people like your music? The second goal to me is, have you made some money back? If you have not crossed those two goals, almost everything else, in my opinion, is, irre- is irrelevant. You know what I'm saying? Even if it's a little bit money, if you like, you made... You like you hit your first month, you only got ten thousand streams. You made about like six dollars. It's like okay, it's not a lot, but like you made money. Make some money back. That's going, that's going to trigger something. That's going to say like, oh shit, okay. If I do this shit, you know, what I'm saying a hundred more times, I'll make back six hundred dollars. You know what I'm saying? Like I could, I saw the work it took me to get here. Now I just need to amp it up. You know what I'm saying? Five X maybe, and I'll get there in this amount of time. So like those to me are like goals that trigger like psychological things in art, right? Like being able to, and I've literally seen it happen with art. So like they'll start a campaign talking and acting one way and then by the end of it they're talking and acting different because they've seen people like the music and people are fans of them. Um, and then beyond that, that's when I think you start planning out like your individual goals because at that point, you probably identify how much work it takes to get what you want to get mm-hmm. and then you're probably now starting to enter the conversation where you're trying to hire like music industry professionals and then you're trying, now you're starting to understand like how much it costs to get shit done which to me is the third big goal every artist needs to get to is you need to put yourself in a position where people will talk to you open and honestly so you can start to understand how much shit costs because if you don't understand how much shit costs you will never know how much it's going to cost you to move forward and then you'll never have a goal to shoot for you know so like somebody yeah. would say like bro you want to hire this marketing agency for six months it's going to be 20k you want to hire this publicist for six months it's going to be 25k and if you want to hire this director that you think is so fire because he made all your favorite rappers videos he's going he's gonna to cost you 60k for it now you know, or if you to do the shit you want to do, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be 100 to 120K. Now you got a number to shoot for, right? Now if you look at your bank account, like, Damn, I only got 10K. All right, cool, bro. Now you got to downplay your expectations for a little bit, mm-hmm. build to that point, but at least now you have a goal. And then when you do have that money to make it, now you can navigate that shit um, a lot more differently. Because I think a large part of just issues with smaller artists growing is like that. They don't understand the cost to get certain shit done. So like, 
I think the biggest finesse ever of the music industry is the higher level of the industry convinces everyone that like everything has been done our favors and just I fuck with you. And that is not the case at all. Like even if like I've I've like I've I've sent invoices to people I like. You know what I'm saying? Like it's nothing personal. It's just like bro, like you know, I got I got I, I like you too. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got eat at the end of the day. Yeah, bro. Exactly. So it's like, but that in my opinion, with younger artists, is always the biggest. Like they're almost like offended by like, damn, bro, I paid you. I paid you three k. Why does it say you only spent two k? It's like, bro, you got to pay me. Like, what do you mean? Why? That's what we all you talk. We we talk about that all the time. <laughs> artists think that usually things are just so buddy buddy. They mentioned it numerous times. Like, you know, everybody think that people doing verses for free and that they just like, oh, let's just be best friends. But it's like, no, money's always behind that. Because you just don't see yeah. it. Yeah, the thing is, like, like, a lot of artists don't pay the bill. Like, yeah. it's it's their label that's paying the bill for them. It's part of their budget. Yeah. So it's like. It's not coming directly out of the artist's pocket, so there's no like bad feelings. But yeah. that label is getting billed. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be an invoice at that label for the artist's verse. You know what I mean? Like that's what they're not understanding. Is like they think because yo, if he charged me five k for a verse, I wouldn't even fuck with him, right? But like, it's not coming out of his pocket. Nope. It is. Yeah, it man. is on the back end, but it's not coming out of his pocket up front. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what they don't yeah. get. So yeah, there's no bad feelings because it's not him that's really feeling it. Mm-hmm. You don't feel money when it's not yours. That's facts. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, man, I look at like sometimes like you have to like people enough to even want to take that money. You know what I'm saying? Like I tell you, bro, like just like, like I'm lucky enough to have worked myself in a position where I don't feel the need to take on every single campaign that's thrown my way. You know what I'm saying? Because like I learned just like. One, like, there's always an opportunity cost. Like, could I be spending this time focusing on something that's going to make me a lot more money, right? And then sometimes, like like I said earlier, but I don't have the desire to work with every artist, bro, because some artists are annoying as fuck. We were actually going to ask you that. Like, <laughs> what, that. What, what was your ideal client? Or, like, what does an ideal artist look like to you that wants to work with you? What would they have to bring to the table, like, initially? Yeah, man. So I would say, I would say, like, I like artists who have, like, a content creator work ethic. Because, like, at least a lot of, like, my biggest success stories as an agency have all come from artists who, like, have content creator workers. Like, they make amazing content. They're, like, always working their socials. They almost move like an influencer, you know what I'm saying, that does music rather than, like, the traditional music artists who doesn't like do it. So, like, I love working with those because it it makes it to where, like, we don't have to stay boxed in if something isn't going well, which, mm-hmm. like, I'm cheap, bro. So, like, if I have to spend money on some shit that's not working, like, I, I, I feel it. Like, I, I heard, like, it's my money. You know what I'm saying? I was like, damn, bro, like, it's, it's all you got. So, content creator work ethic. Um, I mean, budget, of course, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was in a position where it's like, bro, like, if you, if you can't do it, I feel for you. I get it. I empathize, but I'm not about to, I'm not about to get up and do it. Um, has a, a good team around them in whatever capacity, uh, because like, you know, every artist shouldn't be handling their own business. I'll say that. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, mean? sure. I definitely understand that. It, yeah. And, and it helps sometimes when like, there's a person that like is removed enough from it, like they can make. Like, and not to say, like, I have some artists where, like, I talk to them more than I talk to their managers. So it's not always, like, all clients. But, like, a good majority of clients, like, definitely need, like, people running stuff for them. Um, so I usually like working with people that have a team because having a team signifies a lot to me. Like, it one says, like, there are people around you who like you enough that they want to continue working with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, it also says to me, like, you're probably going to be, like, a lot of shit I said to you isn't going to be foreign. If I tell you, like, hey, bro, check your calendar invite for the Zoom link for the meeting on Wednesday. That's not going to sound foreign because you've probably been in a thousand different team meetings with like your other team people, mm-hmm. right? So like that shit, you are not navigating that shit. Um, and then I would say like now, man, I like working with artists who have at least done like their own form of marketing in some degree because then they understand certain things, right? So like, if I have a conversation about like why something went well, like they at least understand it, even if they don't like completely get it the way I do, but because they've done it to some capacity. Like if I go, it's like, hey, bro, like, like, 
like, yo, before you send costumes to the U.S., you like, shit, that's great, right? Because you've done it. You did it. You're saying you've mm-hmm. seen it before. So if I would have come to you in the car and be like, yo, bro, like, yo, we got this shit down to a 40 cent cost click, you would be hyped. You know what I'm saying? I've had people who would be like, they're not happy with that because they don't get why that's such a good thing. Yeah, they, they want 10 like, cents and they don't understand that's impossible. Yeah, bro. It's like, bro, this is the U.S., bro. You should be happy this shit was yeah, a dollar. Yeah, the U.S., yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that shit like, like a dollar yeah, five, usually $2, $3 sometimes for a it, click. Exactly, bro. Exactly. So I like artists that are, that are there. And then, I mean, like, so, like, as, as we kind of, like, grown in advance, I've started to move towards favoring artists who already, like, working with artists who already have a fan base. Um, because like, I mean, just to be real. It, it's it's easier to market someone with a fan base than someone that doesn't have a fan base no, for a bunch of different reasons. Like I mean, one just being like awareness and how much certain things cost, but then two just like even like the the belief, like the mindset. You know what I'm saying? Like someone that is already in the game thinks about it differently than someone who is like just starting out. You know what I'm saying? Because they haven't been through enough shit yet. So that was probably the biggest thing I would say. Like you no, know, the the content. Budget, you know, team, um, certain mentality. Like, I have questions I ask people doing, like, initial calls. Like, I can immediately tell how they think about certain things by the way they answer the question, right? Uh, they'll, they'll, say, they'll say a thing, and I'm like, well, I don't know, man. Like, that's a, that's a red flag, bro. Like, I, right. I've, mm-hmm. seen, I've seen you before. You know, so I've seen you before a hundred times over, and every time I've gone against my, my inner feeling and worked with someone that was like you, it didn't go well. Like, I'm going to turn this down, bro. Like, I'm sorry, man. Like, you know. And that's good you on your you know, it's good on you yeah, that I'm, you can like turn down certain um artists now. It's like you know, understand like I've seen you before because like you know we all are all are unique individuals, but for the most part, usually we have like the same traits and qualities. Artists group mm-hmm. in together, it, bro. I worked with I've worked with trap artists that ex- exactly like another trap artist. I worked with the boom mm-hmm. bap artist who's exactly yeah. like the other one. Mm-hmm. A lot of artists group in together and they don't realize like they're very clicky. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I would say too, like my favorite. Like recently, my favorite artist type of artist to work with are like non-US artists. <laughs> yeah, I was actually going to so ask I'm, you that because I mean, I, I heard you mention, um, you know, you guys normally uh, do you guys normally market to the US or do you guys like focus more um, outside of the uh, US? No, nah, man, we focus on whatever. So like, I personally Ever? like focus focusing more on like international markets because it's cheaper. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, like the the audience is like the fans, bro, in other countries like react so differently because I tell people about like. Shit, really the US, but then like any any major market, Canada, UK, um, Japan, like those really big markets, like everybody's going out there. Like the music industry is like so like bougie in these places because like there's no shortage of like music artists. Like, yeah, we see it's oversaturated. Like, yeah, we've seen it all at yeah, this point. Yeah, exactly, bro. Like exactly. So it's like you're not giving up your attention the same way as a fan in India is who isn't used to being marketed to this way. And like that fan in India is gonna show you love connect because they feel like you know, if I don't show this artist that I love them, they may never come here because right. a lot of Ameri- a lot of American artists don't don't really tour like that internationally. You know what I'm saying? Like you see artists tour internationally, but like you look at the majority of like artists, most of them don't tour internationally. You know what I'm saying? Like let's be real, you know. So it's like they feel like, bro, like I have to show this artist so much love that he is willing to pay for this twenty five hundred dollar ticket. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To come right. out here right. yeah. and do this show, do this show in this foreign land. So I've seen like the love for international artists just be like, or international fans be be crazy and, and the reason I like working with like artists who are not US based is like their mentality around international marketing is so much different. Like like when I talk like I, like one of my like the client I talked about earlier this I said like one of my favorites, like he's an Afrobeat artist. So like he always wants to market to like Nigeria and like South Africa and like the UK and shit. And it's like and we build him in the US because he, he has a really large US audience. Like his main markets are not the US. Like so if we have a campaign and like the US ad is doing like a, a three dollar cost per click, 
his Nigeria ad is doing amazing, he's happy. You know what I'm saying? Because the U.S. is not in his top market. Right. And so I've learned, I've learned that with artists who are not in the U.S., like they don't view the U.S. the same way that U.S. based artists. Yeah. Like U.S. artists view like the U.S. is like if I don't pop here, I'm not gonna be able to pop anywhere. It's, it's not. Yeah. And like and these, and that's why I was like, bro, like, nah, fuck the U.S., bro, like Africa. You know I say this. I say the same thing all Russia. the time. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And so, and so like, that's a large part we like to do it, man. And I'll tell you, like, one thing that kind of, like, changed my mentality around it. Um, and I would say, like, at least, like, India, right? So I would say, like, some of my, like, go-to international markets are, like, Russia, um, South Africa, West Africa, um, India, depending on the, the type of music, Indonesia, depending on the type of music. And so I used to think, like, very differently around the music. Because if you come from a marketing background, you hear, like, the, a lot of those countries I just mentioned, are looked down upon in the advertising world because they're heavily the, bought. Yeah, the bots, right? so, like, click phones, yeah. and all that. So it's like what made me think differently about that is like, like I, I told you, I, I have a homie who's like a manager and like there was a point where like uh, he used to live in this house out here in Atlanta where like he was like the only like stable roommate, you know what I'm saying? Like his other roommates would be like these random ass like college students who would like to move in and move out. So yeah, like this one, like the last batch of roommates he had were like all these these kids who had came from India on like a, on like a, um, like a, I don't know what it's called, like a school study. Like the mm-hmm. study yeah, 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 study abroad. Yeah. yeah, study abroad. <laughs> yeah, so they were all out here off of that shit. And I remember, like, one day he was having, like, a party. And so I was over there, and we were just, like, chilling and stuff. And, like, I was talking to one of his roommates, and his roommate was like, bro, like, you do music marketing, right? And I was like, yeah. He's like, can I ask you a real-ass question? And I was like, yo, what's up? He was like, why don't rappers, like, marketing themselves to India? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, man, like, I was noticed, like, you know, like, even when I go home, like, I don't see a lot of, like, American rap artists, like, marketing themselves to India. He's like, I don't see, like, ads and stuff for those artists. I don't see, like, really trying to appeal to, like, my community. He's like, why not? Like, I like rap music. Like, why? And I was like, well, man, you know, it's a stigma behind y'all where it's like, yo, people, in, like, it's almost like they treat you like you're not real people, right? Like, oh, these people in India must be bots. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's, it's not this, this this developed nation with millions of people in it, you know what I'm saying? Who, who billions. Also like, and, and it's, exactly, billions of people who like entertainment shit. And so, like, so I had this conversation with him and he's talking about, like, bro, like, I like rap music. I love Playboy Cardi and Travis and all that shit. And like, so I'm trying to think, like, man, he's right, bro. Like, here's this, real person from India, you know what I'm saying, talking to me right. about how much how much he wished that people who weren't don't look like him market themselves to him. And I'm over here not doing it because I listen to some marketer who's like, bro, like don't market to India because they're bots. So it's like, bro, there's real people there too, you know what I'm saying? So like if I can get in front of the real people, the bots it doesn't even matter. So like that conversation with him, plus I would say last year to this year was the biggest influx of non American artists I've ever worked with and artists who weren't trying to target like American audiences and like having conversations with them and then seeing like their mentality around stuff like completely switched up the way I view marketing to the U.S. and international marketing in general. So like typically when I am pushing clients, they tell me that like their target market is one of the big, the big five, like the U.S., U.K., Canada, um, Japan. There's one more I'm missing. Um, I think maybe Australia, one, whatever those, if it's one of those, I mean like, okay, bro, like maybe we should pad this out with like some Brazilian traffic or like some Russian traffic or like some German traffic or something because like that shit is going to be expensive for one. And then two, it's not gonna go like you think it's gonna, like you yeah. think it's gonna go. Nah, because like, <laughs> that budget runs out real quick. They don't. They real don't quick, get bro. that. Like d- depending on the amount of clicks uh, or cost per click, that budget runs out real, real quick. So you have to yeah. get as much as you can for the worth of of what you're actually spending. And I think that the artists who want like a U.S. fan base, they don't understand five hundred dollars in the U.S. is not five hundred dollars in India. Nah, it's, it's two completely exactly, different bro. things. Well, five hundred dollars in India might damn near make you a superstar, right? right. With the right, with the, with the right ad, you know what I'm saying? It's like, and a lot of that too, man. I always tell this is why I start saying to like clients and stuff on on like on like calls and stuff that start having people argue with me. 
Um, I always be like, all right, bro, like, what is your end goal of this? Like this, not just this campaign, but like the end goal of what you're doing. And then, you know, usually I give you some shit, bro. I want to be a big artist. I want to be successful, whatever. But like, all right, right. So what you're telling me is that you want to be a big superstar. Which means at some point you're going to have to go internationally based anyway because all the big superstars have fan bases. Mm-hmm. Huge fan bases in like random ass countries you've probably never ever been to. I'm like, all right, so that's the first goal. I'm like, I'm assuming your second goal is to make money as a music artist, right? Which any sane person is like, yeah, of course I want to make money as an artist. Like, this is what I'm doing. But, uh, maybe it's not the main reason you do it, but it's at least top three. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. and so I'll say then, like, okay, if a fan in U.S. buys a T-shirt and a fan in India buys that same T-shirt, that money's going to feel exactly the same when it hits your bank account. Mm-hmm. Just shipping like, costs. Look- shipping costs are the one disaster when it comes to to selling merch outside of the country. That's the only thing. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, but you don't. Have, but but you don't have to worry about that. That's the fan. That's yeah, the fan looking at that. And, yeah, exactly. Like, they're going to look and go like, okay, damn. It's going to be an extra 35 to get this shit here. Right. Fuck it. I love them so much. I'm going to spend it. Like, that's the decision. Like, you let the fan make. That's you know what like, that's that's what what I Like, that's what I've learned in business, bro. Like, you you don't tell yourself no. You let the customer tell you no. If the customer tells you no enough times, then you change your price. If one person tells you no, that doesn't mean shit. So that right. means that you hit the wrong person, right? But, like, so that's why I said. Like, bro, if, if, if you're selling this shit, like, and even that, man, there's so many things like fans could sell or artists could sell their fans, but, like, during the pandemic, we saw, like, live stream shows become really popular, right? And, like, live stream shows are things that can be attended by anybody in the world. So artists that have these large international fan bases were able to take advantage of it in ways that artists who didn't have large international fan bases weren't because of, one, just the sheer amount of people they could market themselves to and for the cost that they could do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I said, but if I had $500 pushing you to Brazil, that's just going to go a long-ass way compared to $500 pushing you in, in the U.S. or yes, Canada unless you, just get, unless you get, like, lucky. Or, like, like one of the best ads I've ever ran in the U.S. I have two ads I always talk about. Like, I had one ad when I first started running Facebook ads that got down to a five-cent cost of click in the U.S. Ooh. And to this day, I am salty about it because the artist didn't want to keep running the ad because, one, he was overwhelmed by the traffic that was coming in. And then, two, he started to feel like the song was, like, corny. Like, he felt like people thought the song was corny. I'm like, bro, this ad is doing a five-cent cost of click. Five-cent in the U.S.? In the U.S., bro. It's That's crazy even stopping that. I, I, Never to this day gotten an ad as cheap as that. Like never. Like I'm saying, I think about that shit at least once a month. Every time I look at my, my like every time I look at my new best US, I'm like, damn, we got this one down for like twenty two cents. Damn, this shit still ain't five cents though. Damn, I want to. And I go like, it's funny because I go, I go look at the artist and like see what he's currently doing. He's not doing anything, bro. And it right. pisses me off so much. So it's like that. And then my second best of US ad, uh, we got down to like a ten cent cost of quick in the US. But this was for an artist that had like a really big feature on. Like he had a feature with like a really big artist. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think. A large part of the cost is just like people recognize the artist in the video. You know what I'm saying? Which goes, that's what I said earlier about it's easier to market people with fan bases than it is people without fan bases because some people would just click because they recognize you. you know yeah, but here's the thing though. Say. Here's the thing though. People, I don't think people understand that even when you blow up, you still market. I think that yeah. people think you're only marketing until you blow up and they don't get that there's a marketing budget for Drake. You know what I mean? Like, Bro, the biggest artists in the world have a big marketing budget and they're spending more than you and they're already well known. So it's like this and, that never ends. You know what I mean? And, and some of it too is under is realizing like what marketing is. Because there are things that, that bigger artists do that like if you don't train yourself to have a marketer brain, you won't realize they're marketing to you. You know what I'm saying? So like mm, totally. um like like one thing that we do is like so so like I mean, I'm sure y'all have seen like the, the blog pages on Instagram, like the rap pages that post like do like posts about music and stuff like blogs and shit, right? So mm-hmm. like one thing, one thing that we'll do is like we'll do these posts that we call like a, uh, we call them like um, association like narrative posts where like 
will let's say like let's say let's say I have an artist that makes like R and B music or something, right? And I'll make a post in a thread that'll be like, yo, who had the best toxic song of the summer? And I might pay like at rap the post and it'll be like Brent Fires. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Frank Ocean, you know what I'm saying? Maybe like Justin Bieber and then like my client in it, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, if, if you're a fan looking on the outside, you don't think it's marketing because you just think it's a, it's a regular like carousel post. Right? It's just, it's, hey, promoting music that like, I see Brent Fire, I see France, whatever. But that is 100% a marketing tactic. You know what I'm saying? It's me trying to get you to think about this artist in the same conversation as, as these other artists I'm presenting mm. to you. Another thing that like, you don't really recognize as marketing until like you're really in this shit is like, when you see pages like a DJ Academic or, or At Rap, post like, I don't know, Drake just bought like a new mansion. You know what I'm saying? Drake just dropped 3.5 million on a new mansion. Like that is marketing. Drake is trying to keep his name in the conversation around something that's not music related, which is right. what we tell artists, yep. but like everything can't always be about music. music. Sometimes it has, to be lifestyle. Like, it has to be lifestyle shit, right? So like you may look at this page and the post and like, oh, DJ Academics is covering Drake because he's Drake. But then me as a marketer, like I'm suspicious of everything, but I assume everything is a marketing tactic. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes it gets me, sometimes it doesn't because I already expect it going into it. But like there are things that like artists do it. Like you look at it like, oh, they're just doing it because they're big. It's like, no, but they're marketing to you. Like they're doing things. And but like Lil Nas X is a perfect example. Lil Nas X makes memes, bro. He's like commenting on everything. He's doing like these viral drops, bro. He's doing like live. He's on his Instagram live and his TikTok live like four mm-hmm. or five times a week. He's, he's doing all this shit that like I would tell artists with no fans to do and like he's not not doing it because he now has millions of fans you know what I'm saying? He, he, like you said you have to continue doing it because either like there's marketing for two different reasons there's marketing to grow and there's marketing to sustain yeah you know what i'm saying like like in order to keep where you're at you have to produce a certain amount of marketing because people naturally get bored with you and then like you have to bring the people in to, to, to make up for that uh, or even just remind people that you exist and then there's marketing to grow by like i got a thousand fans this year Next year, I want to grow by at least 10%. I want to come out of next year with at least 1,100 new fans or, or something like that, right? So it's like, and you have to decide which of those are you doing because if you're not marketing to sustain or grow, you're probably, you're probably decreasing. You're saying you're probably falling off, which isn't, isn't always like the worst thing, depending on like where you're at in your career and like how much it is affecting you, like what you got going on. But like, that is the reality of it. That, that doesn't matter. That's across the board. Like, I got an artist on me that was doing 1.8 million monthly listeners a month, four or five months ago, because he was on this big marketing push for his, his album he dropped. Now he maybe does a cool 800K to 900K a month without marketing, you know what I'm saying? Which is great for him, because he can do that without marketing himself. But he knows that if he wants to get back to that 1.8 or higher, he's going to have to go back to doing that what he's money doing. Back that. Yeah, exactly. Start putting the money back in. Exactly. So, like, he, he gets that. He understands that. He's fine with only doing 900K right now because he doesn't feel like marketing. He wants to just go make music and right. feel and hang with his family. Be fine but he under- <laughs> yeah, but, but he understands, like, yo, if I want to get back to this level and higher, I've already seen the work it takes to do that. Now I know I got to do that at least two, three, eight, four, you know what I'm saying, and get back to that. So it's like, you know, it's like, but that's how, it's like I said earlier, but like marketing is technically a thing like you're supposed to be doing all the time. Like mm-hmm. every business everywhere is marketing 24-7. Constantly. Three, 365, 12 months a year. It's only in music where that's not happening because the average user artist doesn't have the budget to afford to market themselves. Yeah, but see, this is the thing. They, they do have the budget. Like, bro, you could put $5 a week and you're still doing more oh, yeah. than 90% of people. Mm-hmm. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. that's that's the issue is, like, they think that you have to spend astronomical money just to, to build some type of audience. But the realistic thing is you could drop pennies and you could still get a couple fans. You know what I mean? Like, yo, you're... Yeah. By, by staying stagnant and not putting any money behind ads just because you feel like you don't have enough money, you're not going to grow. So it's like you're actually yeah. killing yourself by not... Because, yo, these same dudes have the, the budget for weed... They have the budget for cigarettes. They have the budget for drinks on the weekend. They have the budget for everything. For lazy but when too. it comes to to dropping twenty bucks a week 
or comes to dropping 50 bucks a week, all of a sudden that's too expensive. And that that's the confusing part. And that's why, like last week we had an episode where we said, like, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, do I actually want this shit? And mm-hmm. the realistic answer for a lot of people is, no, I don't actually want this shit. And you have to be real with yourself. Mm-hmm. Just like me and you were real yeah. with ourselves when we hopped off the stage. These people have to be real with themselves about their career. Like, bro, if you don't see this as a career, then just just stop or just do it as a hobby. But why are you dropping music on all these different platforms if you're just trying to do it as a hobby? You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And I think, too, some of it, like, you know, it's, it's probably because of I mean, people like me, other marketers, bro, like marketing is all this thing where, like, you have to spend money. But it's like, like, if I go post a video on TikTok, like, that's me marketing myself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, 100%. I don't always, yeah. I don't, like, I don't always do it with the intention to market myself, but I'm not stupid. I know that somebody's going to look at me, well, that's a pretty smart dude. Right. I should reach out to him and, and, like, you know, see if he charges for these things that he's talking about. So, like, a lot of times, like, artists don't do that the same way. It's like, bro, if you go live to, like, play Call of Duty with your fans and, like, one new person just happened to be, I don't know, found you for some random shit you were doing and he found you and he hopped in your live and was like, man, this dude seems like a cool guy. I'm going to go follow him and check out his music. That was you marketing yourself. You, know right. you didn't feel like talk- you were marketing yourself. Yeah, we talked about that on the previous episode. We said that you got to do things outside the music and sometimes doing those things, whether you know how to cook, uh, exercise, you know, advice, any of those things that could like find somebody that goes, oh, I like this person for just being them. Oh, they also do music? I like to listen to music. Let me go check that out as well. Bro, from from the podcast, I've gained so many fans of the music just because- I'm doing a podcast on a weekly basis. They fuck with me personally. Mm-hmm. So then they go, it's it's natural for them to go and listen to the music and be like, yo, I also fuck with the music. But they would have never yeah. found the music if I wasn't doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So about putting, you, exactly, putting yourself bro. out there. Let me exactly. ask you a question exactly. real quick. All right, so I'm I'm an artist with terrible music, right? And I okay. have, have $100,000. And I come to you and I say, hey, I have $100,000 to spend, but you listen to my music and it's fucking terrible. How do you go about that? All right, man. It, it, so I, I I do like this. Well, I'll say this first is right. So what I've had to train myself over the last two years as a marketer is to realize that, like, sometimes there's music that I don't like that will be successful even if I don't like it. You know what I'm saying? Because, mm-hmm. like, I've had campaigns. Before, like, some of my best clients were clients that, like, if it had been up to me, we would not have taken them on. <laughs> right, right, right. And then, like, and then, like, we do it. I'm like, oh, shit, like, I think this is bad, but there are all these people in the comments saying like, yo, I love it. I like it, whatever. So if, if I like genuinely think the music is bad, but let's say they have like really high quality visuals, they have really high quality content, maybe they're like a charming artist, like there's something else about it. I think to win people over, like I'll still do it. You know what I'm saying? Cause music is subjective, bro. And I've seen mm-hmm. people take to music that is bad because other people don't like it. You know what I'm saying? I've seen it. I've seen it with my own eyes, bro. But people, it'd be so many comments and on the post like bashing the arts and every one person like bro y'all are tripping this isn't even that bad it's that that they're the outlier right there. i'm like okay and i really do believe like yo, if one person likes the music it means a hundred people like it if a hundred people like it it means a thousand like it. if a thousand likes it ten thousand people like it so i really do believe that so i look at it like that they have bad music but other redeeming qualities i'll take them on yeah because like, i we, realize like it may not be we definitely mentioned that before with like you know sometimes it's kind of hard for artists to really understand like yo it's just not about having talent and just being good at making music you can make good music and yeah you may make better music than a lot of people that's like put on or more established than you but they have everything else within in in their artistry as far as visuals as far as being able to market themselves and present themselves in a way where people just naturally gravitate towards them and it's like that part is always hard for artists to really comprehend and understand like yo it's just not about your music it just uh, it's honestly, it, it isn't. 
It never probably yeah. was since the beginning of the time, honestly. Yeah, Brian, it's like, it's like, it's like, I look at like Blueface as one of the best examples of all life. So many people shit on his music. I love personally like his music, so I, I'm not in that boat, but so many people shit on his music, bro. But it's like, Blueface is such a like charismatic guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's very like personable. Like, he knows how to do interviews really well. Like, he knows how to like engage crowds. Like, he does so many other things like really well that like, even if you don't like his music, like, you can understand like why people are won over by him, right? Mm-hmm. And like you said, a lot of artists don't understand that. It's like, bro, like, Music is really like 10% of the equation. Like, there's so many other things you got to figure out to get people to focus you because there isn't a shortage. Of, like, I know people who make good music that y'all have probably never heard of. You know what I'm like, of course. It, it, y'all, probably know, y'all probably know people that make good music that I've never heard of, right? It is what it is because they haven't figured out the other 99 things that have to be done. Yeah. Um, but then, but then to, to answer the other question, man, if it's an artist that, like, I really don't like their music and I don't think we can do anything for that, like, I'll turn it down. Like, I have turned it down. Like, one of the, like, it's funny as you say, like, literally when me and my business partner first started the agency, Maybe within like four months, we got an offer like that where it was like this guy who was like just, I don't know what the fuck he did, but he was paid as fuck. And he had a 100K budget. He had this video that he had just shot that he maybe draw like a, a quarter million on. Hmm. Um, and like this, this dude had, this dude had money, bro. Like he was so paid, but like the music was like so bad. Like it was so bad. And then the things that he expected from that $100,000 were things that like I just knew like I was not one. I didn't, I didn't want to like give him that type of access to us to like, the the amount of time he would have bought it for from us, you know what I'm saying? Because 100k is not you can't just like like even if I tried, I couldn't wipe my off for 100k in like a month, two months. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that was right. that was minimum minimum in my head at least be like four or five months of having to deal with that person. You know what I'm saying so it's like and it's like that was probably at that time one of the hardest decisions that we ever made because at that point we had never had a client approach us with that type of budget and we had just thought we was maybe five months in business, so it's not like we were making like like really making any money. You know what I'm saying so it's like but like we had like this. Long ass, like hour and a half meeting where like me and my business partner like went through like the music he sent to us. We went through all the stuff he put out. We went through all his socials. And we were just like, bro, like, is there anything about this that makes us feel like it could be worth it? And everything pointed to no. And that's, <laughs> right. that's great to hear though, because it ain't always about the money. And it's good that y'all was able to sit there and like really go through it. It was like, you know what? You know, this could be uh, potentially some good money, a good payout for us. But at the same time, we're trying to build something in the long run and we not really want to be responsible for this. And it could take away. You know, say you did have, you know, took that the hundred thousand, you had to focus all on that one client. You may have missed the potential clients that, you know, you had as you were building up that actually made yeah. it for your success as of today. So that is also good to see, you know, because I know a lot of markets probably just go straight for the bag. It's like, oh, whatever, we'll take your money, we'll just do whatever the case may be. But you know, it's always good to see that there's people within the industry that do have some type of integrity and also looking out for themselves more so than just looking out for yeah. their pockets. Yeah, I mean, it's like because I've learned, but like all money isn't good money, you know, and like Facts. I mean, like that. There's sometimes, like, you know, because I have to always remind myself, like, I am building a business. So at the end of the day, sometimes I have to remove, like, personal feelings aside mm-hmm. and, like, personal emotions. But, like, but, like, when an artist, like, really annoys me or, like, really pisses me off, bro, like, there's no amount of money they can offer me to, like, get me over there. Because, like, bro, like, there's nothing you can give me that has, like, made Like, I've had, I've done campaigns with people before and then just been annoyed the whole, like, couple of weeks we've been doing it. And then they're like, oh, yeah, this was great. How we renew and like, oh, we don't. Right, <laughs> you, you, know you sound like, just like they dig the same as way. An, as <laughs> an engineer, as an engineer, I do the same shit. There's some artists that that they paid lovely, bro. Every every other day, they wanted to come to the studio, but the way that they acted in the studio just wasn't for me. So rather than yeah. than spend my life uh, in a studio with somebody every other day that's that's paying lovely but is fucking annoying, I'd rather just not take the money. Like that's and that's yeah. the beauty of running your own business. Like, bro, if I was working for a studio. It's not my choice at mm-hmm. that point. Like my yeah, boss is yeah. gonna tell me, "Yo, you're taking that session. 
when you run your own business, I could turn down as many clients as I want. At the end of the day, I'm fucking myself. I'm not, I'm not fucking the the company. You exactly. know what I mean? Like, yeah, but yeah. but I could deal with that if it means that I'll be more comfortable living. Peace you know of what mind. I mean? Peace of mind mean everything. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Exactly, All right. So bro. I have I have one I want one more question that's like really important. Cause I feel like me and Bales are always talking about uh Facebook, Instagram, and like YouTube ads. Uh I know that those are probably the top, top ways, but what would you say is another way that, that we're maybe missing uh, on this podcast that uh, people could advertise themselves? Um, I mean, so every, every social media platform has an ad program. Snapchat has one, Reddit, Pinterest, Twitch has ads. They're expensive, but they have it. You know what I'm saying? So I, I would say like that, like as you get better at understanding like how ads work in general, like start to explore other advertising platforms that you may just feel like your fans are on because like, you know, the great thing about ads is that like one, they're, they're never going anywhere. Like advertising has been here long before me and you even knew what the fuck it was. Right, we just mm-hmm. have access then, to it now. Exactly, exactly. And then the concepts are are the same on every platform, right? So it's like no matter what advertising platform you use, it's clicks, it's impressions, it's, it's frequency, it's cost for conversions, it's, it's views, it's whatever the fuck ever. The difference between every ad pla- every platform is that the culture of the platform demands a different type of content for the ad to work. It's the only difference. You know what I'm saying? Like other than that, TikTok ads work exactly like Facebook ads. They work exactly like YouTube ads. Other than like technical setup. So any ad platform, I would say. And then, so I'll say this, man. Like our marketing philosophy revolves heavy around advertising, um, influencer marketing to certain degrees. And then, like, content creation. Like, those are, to me, like, the three pillars of a successful marketing plan. There has to be a constant outflow of content from the artist side. There has to be some type of back-end advertising running. And then you have to use influencers to different degrees because I believe that, like, influencers are, like, how you hack into culture. Right? Like, influencers are the, are the voices of the communities that you claim you want to break into. At some point, you got to go through them. You know mm-hmm. Whether and, and, like, I look at influencers as, like, actual people influencers or the milieu, a gender, you know what I'm saying, right. a, a TikTok influencer. And then I look at influencers as, like, Spaces that have influences, so like meme pages, um, like rap blogs, you know what I'm saying, like a, a page that like posts about like cats, you know what I'm saying, like that, that to me is an influencer. So when I say like activating influences across different degrees, I mean like yo, part of your campaign should be you paying an actual person to do something, and a part of your campaign should be like maybe you go make a meme and then you pay like ten meme pages to promote that content. You know what I'm saying? It has the music in the background because like we do that shit a lot. You know what I'm saying? We're like. Like, there'd be times where, like, we're blatantly promoting the artist, and it's like, yo, new video just dropped, and it's, like, on at rap, and it's like, okay, like, that's, that's obvious that we're marketing the artist, right? But then, like, there are campaigns where, like, now I'm doing one now where we're about to take, like, some Fortnite clips, and then put the music on the background of the Fortnite clips, and then get a bunch of Fortnite pages to promote the video, to promote, promote the clip, right? So if a fan is looking at that, they're probably not going to think it's us marketing the artist. They're going to think it's just, like, oh, this music is attached to the Fortnite account. But what is, what's going to happen is that these Fortnite kids are going to share this content because they like it, where they would have never shared the music video because they didn't know who the music artist was. And it's going to help get the music out even more, you know what I'm saying, because it's, it's being promoted in a very passive way. So to answer your question, um, one thing that I think that artists can do that I don't think is done enough is um, using fan pages on, like, Instagram. Really, any account that has fan pages, but Instagram has the most of them. Like, Instagram has the most amount of accounts on anything. But, like, using, like, fan accounts of related artists to promote your music. So if you feel like, like NBA Youngboy fans will like your music. There are at least 10 different NBA Youngboy fan pages on Instagram. I know because I've had to reach out to them before. They all charge money. You can reach out to them and go, hey, bro, will you promote my music on this page? And if NBA Youngboy, you really think NBA Youngboy fans will like your music, this is going to be the best way for you to find out because this page is nothing but NBA Youngboy fans. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, That's smart as shit. Very smart. That's smart as shit. Yep. 
And like the benefit of doing that is like you're able to do like really specific targeting in your influencer marketing that is usually only you're only able to do with advertising. Like we're used to advertising so like, oh I wanna I wanna market to NBA Youngboy fans, let me go run a YouTube ad on NBA Youngboy videos or I wanna hit NBA Youngboy fans, I wanna go market my IG ads to the NBA Youngboy keyword. Whereas like you're not typically able to do that with influencer marketing except in that methodology. You know what I'm saying? Because like if it's a fan page of ten thousand fans on this NBA Youngboy fan, those are ten thousand NBA Youngboy fans. They don't get doesn't get more pure than that, you know. What yeah, I'm saying? that's nice. Like you know, right. yeah. So I, I would say something like that, man. And then, um, I mean, really, that man. Like I would say, like I'll say this, like the the road to, or how much you can market yourself, and what tactics you can use to market yourself, all revolve around the type of content that the artist creates, right? So if an artist only has a music video as their content that limits what I can do. Okay, I can get you on music pages. I can get you on maybe some fan accounts. I can maybe get you on some more like entertainment, culture, pop culture pages, right? They just talk about like news and shit. But then that's really where like the bar stops. And so like, I really can't do much more past that because the content wouldn't make sense on anything else to where the marketing will look organic, right? If I put your music video on a cooking page, everybody in the comments is going to know that you pay for promo because that shit don't even make sense. You know and what I'm I, saying? Like, and like, I've like, seen that right. on Instagram too, like certain pages, like whether it be an influencer through comedy or just a regular like meme page, like once they start posting music and stuff, those are the things that get the least um, reactions, the least likes, uh, the least comments because I think people was like, yeah, I didn't come here for this. You need to do yeah, a little exactly. bit more subliminally. subliminally. It's like, and fans like super, bro. Like fans know what marketing looks like now. Like they've been, they get subjected to it every day from the artists they love. Like, it's not new when you do it. You know what I'm saying? Like they're like, oh, I've seen this game before. I just don't fuck with you enough to play this game with you. Um, but, but like in that, in that same thing, right? Like let's say an artist has a music video and they have a video of them like, I don't know, like cooking or some shit, right? Like them like doing some wild shit in the kitchen. Now that shit opens up what I can do with them because I can take the music video and hit the same pages we talked about earlier. I can take them to the music blogs, the fan pages, and the pop culture accounts. But then now I can also take this cooking video and get a bunch of cooking pages to promote it. You know what I'm saying? Get them to, to, to shout the artists out and promote their content. And then now that content is more likely to get viewed on this page because it looks like it makes sense, right? A cooking person, I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this? Oh, he's making a souffle. Oh, shit, that's that one rapper. You know what I'm saying? That's right. uh, like, oh, this is his song in the background. This is pretty cool, right? So now, like, you've opened up what I can do for you because you've given me more content to work with. Right. So that's why I said, like, some things honestly don't work until you have the content to make it make sense. You know what I'm saying? Or, or you understand your brand and your audience enough to know what works. So, like, even going back to the arts with the Fortnite shit, the way that we kind of, like, got to the Fortnite idea was we were going through his followers one day. We were doing, like, a scrape. And, like, a scrapers will go through, we'll go through, like, a client's followers and, like, pick, like, 10, 10 to 20, like, random followers. And then we'll go through all the pages that their followers are following and we'll take notes on, like, who are they following. So if I see that, like, all these 10 people that, like, six of them are following a specific Instagram account, I then note to my marketing, like, yo, we need to get on this Instagram account because a lot of his fans are following the page. So mm. this particular client, we were going through his fans doing a scrape and we saw that, like, a good majority of his fans were, like, following, like, different, like, Fortnite accounts. And, like, I was like, man, I keep saying this one, like, Fortnite a uh, clip page come up in their follow and I, and I like I went and followed the page just to like see if it keeps coming up and it like it did so I was like okay cool we need to go make some Fortnite content because like this particular artist doesn't game so like we can't get any gaming content out of him but like his fans game right so it's like alright cool we now need to go make some gaming content that makes sense for this account so That's... I say that I say it to say instead of story to say is like if you understand what your fans are paying attention to you can then look at the spaces that they're paying attention to and then you can sometimes just go create content that makes sense for this and gives you the ability to do that marketing, right? So in his example is like, okay, we can go make a Fortnite clip. That's not hard. Let me just go 
stream a couple of shit real quick, find one I like, and then put the music on the background. And you know, make sure they tag the the gamer. So if the gamer comes across the clip, he doesn't get like butthurt about it and like get mm-hmm. it taken down, some, some shit like that. You know, so we can go and, like, hey, bro, like you get the promo too. We pay the promotion, right? Like, so like, um, but yeah, man, I went off on a tangent, but like, so I would say like, as, as far as like marketing tactics, I don't see you done enough is that you know, what I'm saying like figuring out ways to market to your music and your brand in non-music spaces. I don't see that happening enough. That was a great tangent, though, because honestly, I was thinking about it. I was like, that sounds like a deep dive and like really combing through, like looking to see what these followers are following and then seeing like a common interest between a page and then making like rationalization, like this is where we need to kind of send things. Like that's something I would never yeah. thought about either. Corey, we don't want to take too much more of your time. So uh, we're going to close this up. Um, I would love to have you on again in the future. I think this was great. Definitely. Uh, you're, you're beyond, beyond genius. Uh, I loved everything that you just talked about, and um, we really appreciate you being on. Uh, if you're ever in uh, up top in the north, like come pull up on us and let's let's do one in person. Yeah, yeah I got y'all. Yeah, yeah. I ain't gonna lie, man. I'm going north. Going north too often. Then we're coming. Then we're coming down there. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll move down there. Then we might come down there. Then. I am with it, bro. Y'all already know what's up, man. Like, I, I invite, I encourage everybody. Well, Atlanta's getting full, man. So I don't encourage people to move. Nah, we're not moving. We're I just going to come yeah, down yeah. and pull up on you. <laughs> we oh, okay, we, okay, we okay. in Jersey. We in Jersey. We stay Jersey. <laughs> yeah, we're Jersey boys yeah, to the death. Yeah. But, oh, top boys. <laughs> brother, we, we really appreciate everything that you just said. We appreciate you for being on our, our platform. And uh, thank you so much, man. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate y'all for having me, man. Like, whenever y'all want to do it, bro, just, just let me know. Absolutely, Definitely. bro. Thank you. Anything else you want to right, plug no in before you go? Oh uh, yeah, tell, tell everyone. Tell everyone about Contra Brand. Tell everyone uh, where they could find you. Uh yeah, man. Follow me on Instagram, TikTok at Corey Savior, K O H R E Y D A S A V I O R. Um, follow the YouTube channel, Brandman Network. Um, if you know if you, you like what you see, you want a little bit more razzle dazzle. You know what I'm saying? Join the Brandman Network community. Um, I don't think I'll, I'll mention it, but it's, it's a course community. We have seventeen dollars a month, bro. I teach you. We teach you everything we know about marketing, you know what I'm saying, which I feel like is extremely cheap. Because I wanted to charge more for it, but Sean was like, no, nah, bro, we got to give it to people. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm getting them emails. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm currently subscribed. I'll be getting the emails. I'll be seeing them. Yeah, bro. So y'all can thank Sean for that because I was pushing for a higher price. But uh, check out check out, <laughs> check out, uh, Brandman Network if you want to get deeper into it, man. Um, and then as far as the agency, I would say if you are if you're an artist that, you know, fits those criteria, you feel like you want to you wanna do something. Um, countrybrand.agency C-O-N-T-R-A-B-R-A-N-D.agency um, I will say this I don't know when you're listening to this if you listen to this anytime you know now to the next couple of months we're not taking clients actually like we just we, we're like shutting down to like um, to just do some stuff that we want to do that we didn't have time to focus on this year so you know I, I would somebody gonna get the nod that's gonna reach out after this I gotta say it but like we are looking at apps we are keeping people in mind for when we do start back and like if you feel like it's you bro like you know come fuck with us because we'll fuck with you yo nice thank you less. so much again brother all right, no problem, man. Y'all enjoy your day. Be safe. Yes, sir. Have well, a good man. day. Right, peace. Peace out, man. There you have it. A lot of <clears> shit <throat> that we always say on this show. You hear it from somebody else's mouth, and you know, this is our first time having a real conversation with him. I, I, I did him. feel I did feel validated from a lot of the stuff he said. Now, me, me and Bales don't necessarily consider ourselves music marketers. No, we don't not. run an agency. We're not getting a uh, hundred grand a month from from different sources. Nowhere near. But a lot you guys heard it. You know what I mean? A lot of the stuff that that we talk about on the regular, Corey was was just saying the same things that we're telling you guys. So uh I hope that there was some sort of validation for for this show. Mm-hmm. I hope that there was some sort of validation for two dudes that are just 
uh, kind of like figuring it out. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> honestly, that that was that was amazing. It was great. What, what are you? Uh, what are your thoughts on that episode? Um, well, number one, I'm going to hit him up, you know, on the side for yeah. my own music ventures. You know how I do with the marketing stuff. But, you know, a lot of things he was saying from the marketing side, you know, I'm not a music marketer, but I do love to mess around with the marketing things. And some of the things he was saying, it's like, I never thought of, never really paid any mind to or thought of, especially like going into the Instagram accounts and seeing the, um, with the common interest between people. Um, and also, you know, when he said, he, when he mentioned putting India back in, I just started putting India back into my marketing because I was just like, I'm basically, those billions of people over there. If, if a few bots going to click on me, all right, then whatever. But there's more people that's out there that's going to be really trying to listen to some music. So it was, almost everything he was saying, it was just like a light bulb in my head. Like, oh, I'm on the right path. Listen, now, you know, I'm not, I'm not actively trying to be a rapper, but there were parts of that episode that I was like, yeah. <laughs> I might, I might have to. <laughs> I might just jump back in the game. I might like, have full to get back into the rapper space real quick. No, but I, I really, I really enjoyed that episode. I thought that was great. Um. We have we have another another huge episode mm-hmm. uh, coming up for you guys. Um, so we're not going to mention anything. We kind of want to drop it and and have you guys just uh, just tune in and and kind of get surprised. We but, working. Yeah, we're so working. Out know, here. We working. Um, anything else to say? Nah, man. I'm I'm just happy. I'm I'm excited that you know it's like uh, the kickoff of the guest guest. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Sure. Like we really getting into the industry now. So I hope you guys are gonna stay along for the ride. We only gonna get. Uh, bigger and better. You see our equipment looking nice. You know what I'm saying? We got a poster. Um, I got new glasses. <laughs> we 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 the wave right now, man. All right, guys. Rappers got a podcast for signing out. This is Diggy Metro. Bill's Pagliacci. Peace out, guys. One.